Okay, that's his life. Uh, my name's David Wilde. <laughs> After we had, a few <laughs> we had a few technical problems, and uh, Caroline said she's got ear problems, but she looks great to me, so we're going with that. <laughs> um, so my name is David Wilde. I'm a filmmaker actor from Scotland. This is Caroline Spence, who's a producer, screenwriter, actor as well, and I'm sure you juggle many other things, you know, mm -hmm. um, as well as that's 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 a lot as it is. So uh, yeah. Um, I set up these podcasts really to talk to um, creatives and filmmakers and um, not just about filmmaking as such. Well, it is about filmmaking, but it's also how how we are sort of navigating our way through this sort of indie film scene, um, which has got many challenges. It's not just about making a film, it's about distributing a film, it's about how we finance films and how we build brands and what's, what's coming ahead and stuff like that. So it's really just a chat, you know, um, you know, in that area, and you know, just I'll just start from the start from yourself. How did you really get? I, I read about you. You started doing some presenting. You know, is it presenting for properties and stuff? Is that how you started? Oh God, yeah. Well, that was um, <clears throat> you know, I we came into this business quite late in life. Sort of, I was in my forties, um, so middle yeah. age, I suppose. Well, what's middle age nowadays? But anyway, well, it was in my forties, and and by. <laughs> To, you know, I won't go into the details of how or why, but we managed. But I got involved in a property program, right? And it was um, set on Tenerife, and it was one of these rip-off programs. You know, like the um, um, a place in the sun program. Got you, got you. Uh, on ITV called "I Want That House," <laughs> and um, and they roped me in to be the realtor right. on this show showing people around properties in Tenerife. They wanted me to do it because I knew the uh, Once upon a time, Tenerife was practically our second home, so I knew the island very well. And, um, so they wanted to, they thought they'd rope me in. And um, I know I knew absolutely nothing about selling houses, not a thing. So but they, they wanted me to do it because the, the actual realtor, the real guy, didn't want to be on television. Right. So, <laughs> Um, so I did this thing and I thought it would be great fun because, I, you know, back in the day, my big ambition was to be a wildlife TV presenter and get paid to go travel the world and, and just yeah, yeah. Play, play around beautiful environments and see beautiful animals and stuff. But, so I thought this might be a step through, a step into that and, um, and we'd meet these really exciting TV people and <laughs> uh, we'd learn so much and it would be amazing and no, nothing like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, they. It was, yeah. It was a bit disappointing. Then you know, they. I was, wasn't too impressed with their professionalism, right. and um, right. as you normally do in, kind of like naive, naively thought, oh, we could do a lot better. So yeah. we decided yeah. to start off um, to do, to make some films, and, and we started off in documentary because I've always been a writer. I've had quite a few um articles published and um and james um is uh was was into stills photography so you know he had the eye i had the written word and so we married that up and right. um and we started making documentaries which then segued into um corporate films and music videos and things to make a bit of money which we didn't enjoy we enjoyed the documentary filmmaking but we didn't enjoy the, the, the corporate, corporate stuff. side of it because I've that was an industry yeah, yeah that was I've, an industry I've, we used to be in you know i was a that's my sort of day, day stuff so I, I get that you know yeah so yeah, we wanted yeah. to get away from that and um yeah. i've always been a huge 
huge movie fan, always loved the movies, and I started screenwriting, and that was it for me. It was like, okay, right. I think I finally found what I want to do. And um, we thought, again, in our naive youth, well, a 40-year-old youth, we thought, let's go make, one day we might be able to go and make a make a movie. And Well, um, that, well age doesn't matter. This is a, a exactly. fact. I put a, a, I put a post yesterday, why it doesn't matter? Because people can say, oh, age doesn't matter, but why does it matter? You know? And I put a post yesterday on TikTok and I was talking about age and Instagram. And uh, where, you know, I remember people are obsessed to get to a certain place by a certain time with their age. If I haven't made it by 30, if I haven't done this, and I was the same when I, if I haven't made a movie by him 30, then it's all over, and, and which is insane, you know. Yeah. But I remember I made a movie by 30, and then I was too early. And I remember reading interviews with Ridley Scott. He hadn't made his first movie until he was 40, you know. That's right, um, yeah. Because he'd been doing commercials for years. So it's this mm. obsession about doing things mm. by a certain date. But when it comes to filmmaking and creative industries, the more experience you've got, uh, life and everything else, mm. it really helps you, I think, anyway, you know. I absolutely agree. Because I think, um, because, you know, I've, we've had other, both myself and James have been in, in other industries in the past, you know, I've, yeah. I've worked in practically every industry you can possibly imagine you know, as a yeah. secretary or an administrator accounts or something from defense to mental health to fridges. I don't know, boring stuff. That, like that's that. a mixture. And, yeah. But, you know, but the, the skills yeah. I've kind of like, absolutely. even though I hated it, I really yeah. didn't enjoy it. Always wanted to go off and do something creative. Those yeah. skills have been really yeah. useful yeah. now. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the same with James, you know, we, we, We've got life experience, and um, we can we can feed that into into the writing as well yeah. as you know being able to make a film because you need so many different skills to make a film, not just operating in camera. Yeah. So, how did you make the transition from doing that corporate stuff to then say we're going to make a, a fiction film where it was a shorter mm -hmm. feature? How did you? Where was that jump that you you wanted to do that, or, or did you think that you're going to do it yourself, or did you think we're going to go towards the industry and try and get funding? Mm, well, um, this was way back in well before the recession, right. and I honestly can't remember what what prompted us to then say, "Oh, we, we're going to go and write a film script and get it made into a movie." I can't remember, but you must have been I a know... fan of movies though to do that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, love yeah. love. I mean, I started. I taught myself screenwriting and um, studied studied other screenplays and and watched films, you know, and studied how they, you know, yeah. how they made their film, how the structure the structure of the films, and um, started writing. We started. We wrote our first. Well, it wasn't our first screenplay, but it was the one. It was the screenplay that we started to try and really think. Right, let's go and make this into a movie. It was a film called Webcam. <laughs> Right. Webcam City, I think it was, and um, it was going to be really cutting edge and um, technological, on, you know, a bit like James Bond with all these gadgets and stuff. But right. so of course, you know, if you want one was to make that film now, it'd be look very old, old hat. But um, yeah. anyway, we we started working towards that, and we thought we'd do the traditional structure, um, funding structure, get a sales agent, get get finance. Uh, of course, that never materialised. So we went how off and made a, sh a short film based on it. In, in how, did, how did, sorry, just to go back a little bit, how did you mm. find that experience with sales agents and financers and stuff? Did you go to Cannes and stuff like that? Um, Not in those days, no. We right, um, right. we didn't go to Cannes. We um, just um, 
shipped the the screenplay out to different people. Um, and I'll, actually, I'll, I'll jump on to another film that we did start to make a bit more headway with. And I can't remember if that was, I think it was just after the webcam, right. webcam thing. Um, we weren't getting anywhere with webcam, but we were always writing, you know, kept one screenplay after another. And we came up with this other one called Contract 34. And, um, and we started to make a bit of headway there. We, we, I shipped it out to some sales agents in Hollywood and one of them phoned me up. Say, hey, we really love this. This is great. We love your we love your screenplay. And um we want, you know, and he started talking about casting and how, how they were gonna do it and or how we were gonna do it. And mm -hmm. um then he said, send me what you've done before. <laughs> right. So we did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. of course it wasn't good enough for them because it was like these are homegrown documentaries and and stuff like that, because we'd never made anything before. Yeah, yeah. So we came close. You know, they loved the screenplays, but it was us. We had didn't have the experience um, for them to take it, it a step further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was, you know, it's the usual case of the chicken and the egg, isn't it? Back then, it's a strange thing. It is now, you know. Yeah, it's a strange thing though. Sometimes that you have to try outrageous things. Like I remember in my first movie. And I sent an email, and this was a way back, probably 20 years ago when I first started. I sent an email to Columbia Pictures. When emails first started, you know, it was just at the start. I managed to get an email. Um, but the only reason I'd done it was there was a production company interested in my film, and it was to actually hustle them to get their, their ass moving, you know. Yeah. And, then, and then actually Columbia Pictures say, came back and says, yeah, we'd love to talk about your movie. And it was like, what? <laughs> you know. Whoa. But I actually just used that as leverage because then I told them they're interested in it. Within two days, they got a fax and then they'd done the deal. So sometimes it's good to just try, mm. even if, do you know what I mean? Uh, other things, because we're so kind of anti-industry as well if we're doing independent films, that sometimes you can get through a door that you never mm. realised or through, you know, it's a very strange business. That it's, there's no. I think what I'm trying to say is there's no set of rule, absolute rules, you know. No. You know, but um, you know, and but I think since the new technology kicked in, which was probably fifteen years ago, mm. then it makes sense to make our own stuff first. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to fund a film to make a film. Um, yeah, there was there was back then, and and yeah, there's yeah. even even more opportunity now yeah, uh, because yeah. back then it was you know it was all about having to get proper money and you know yeah, budgets yeah. and and that yeah, and yeah. um we we were just at the beginning i suppose of this technical revolution but we were started to make some headway and then the um recession hit and and everything went yeah yeah upside down <laughs> and um but we kept kept going just kept going yeah, yeah. in the end yeah. you know and we kept making lots of contacts and people saying hey we love what you're doing we love the screenplays but um just could never just get that crucial budget yeah but um, i think that's the that, that's the i mean i made a film that, that was that three hundred fifty thousand budget i'm not I'm, I'm coming to a point with us that yeah. which was a big thing i remember making a film and then after in hindsight years later i realized that why your christopher nolan's make films for seven thousand when they started and robert rodriguez made a film for seven thousand and so many other directors made their own films because if you don't make your own films at the start, 
nobody's going to really trust you, you know. It's like, that's the mistake that I made. I made a big mistake. I'd never made a film before and then I got a budget. Whereas I think it's important because people, I've, I've still got people today say, should I go and try and get a budget? It's like, no, go, you've got to make your own two grand films, yeah. features, shorts, because you, you've got to learn the simple process of uh, scheduling and work with actors and everything else. Because if you don't, when you go into a budget movie, you're going to, it's, it's not going to work out. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't know what, yeah. you know. You know, it's a different animal altogether, I think. I yeah, mean, we, 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 is, we you know. yeah, we started um, kind of learning. Uh, well, we, we didn't go to film school, so we, we've been learning ever since yeah, we, yeah. we picked up yeah. a camera. And um, and we've been learning that, yes, you can go out and make a film um, on next to no money as long as you can just get some enthusiastic uh, team on board. And... Um, so that's in the end. That's what we did. So <laughs> we went and made a film on on no money. <laughs> yeah. So you, what was the experience of that making your first feature? Was that a feature that you you first made? That was the feature. That was yeah. the yeah. Um, you must have learned a heck of a lot for that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. That was um. So our first feature was uh, do something, Jake, which we shot for no money right. up in the Midlands, and um, it was it was an amazing experience and I yeah. certainly did learn a lot um learned a lot about scheduling about dealing with actors about um just just all sorts of things I mean I, I was trying to do everything by the book and because I the way I work I'm, I have to be really methodical and right. organized otherwise my brain just can't cope with it <laughs> yeah yeah and um but we made it and we 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 got all these people that wanted to 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 work on the project. Mm -hmm. We work with a lot of um, um, graduates, university graduates and students. And uh, we had a, a local charity pop up and say they wanted to help out. And um, so we, so they helped out with locations. We had lots of people pop up and help with locations. I mean, it was amazing really how generous everybody was with their, yeah. their time and their their properties because <laughs> yeah. that was you know this you know the old mantra when you make a no budget film make it with two people in a room well we did exactly the opposite we had a very large cast we had um an actor fly over wanted to fly himself over from new york as ed berg told who um played the arch villain in the film and he was great and um lots of locations lots of different locations i mean it really <laughs> It really was not how to make a zero budget film, but but that's what yeah, I, I that's... tried. I tried to write it with two people in a room, and I just couldn't. I just had to keep expanding. And this <laughs> is the point. This is something I was going to ask you later, but I'll just ask now. Where yeah. um, you're always taught um, in the early days before we had this technology to make a film set in a room in one location, back to the Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs in one room, and many, many films, Kevin Smith and, and his, and his thing store. But since technology came in, I always found that, it's like, no, I want to, I want to, I want to see, I want to go out there and, and grab that location and grab that world. And um, and that's why I was looking at some of your films that you see me have done that and used that, the, 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 the portability of the technology and expand it. We don't need to do in the one location as such. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and that's what I've always found that to, to kind of um, get a bit more ambitious with films and use everything that we've got in a city or a world. Or like when you went to Spain to to do mm. um, Agent was it Agent Kelly? You know, that's right. Yes. Yeah, um, I think that's more bold to do that, and and more interesting to do that when it's 
portable technology than keeping that contained is the old world. Do you know what I mean? That's the way I yeah. see things. I can see the attraction, you know, if, um, especially if you're a, a character-driven dialogue filmmaker. But if you want to do more visual cinematic stuff, then it's like get out and use the world, you know. Um, and I think that's when I first spotted your stuff, you know, I think it was Agent Kelly, you know, um, in Spain. <laughs> You yeah. know, it was like going out there with shooting it on a, a mobile, I think. Did you shoot that on a mobile phone, that one? No, no, we shot that on a DSLR. Did you? Right, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting confused by a couple other ones you probably shot on mobile, you know. Yeah, we, we shot Cyberlante and um, Surveilled on, on right. okay. uh, smartphones. Right. And right. Um, Agent Kelly was on a DSLR and right. it was just James on being the crew. And that was it. That's why I got was, thing. We, it was still, yeah. it was just the crew was still just James and still just the audio, you know, which yeah. I've done myself, you know, done, mm. you know, um, yes. and I, I, that's quite kind of, it's scary, but it's liberating as well in a way, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, we we made do something, Jake, and we were while we were waiting for that. That was three years in post production. We had a lot of problems in post production right. with it. So while we were waiting for do something, Jake, to get finished, we wanted to go out and shoot something else, and we. We go to Spain a lot. We got an old boat down in um, Almeria, right. in Andalusia, and um, we thought, let's try and shoot. Let, let's concoct a story around the journey that we we sometimes would take, flying from Gatwick to Malaga and then getting the yeah. bus to to Almeria. And um, so we we just devised this this story, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was um, it was it was it was harder for James because uh, he was <laughs> you know had all the gear and running around i was just running around enjoying myself <laughs> <laughs> i can identify with that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so um but yeah that was that was good fun to make actually and uh, we didn't know what we had with it um no idea you know it's, it's a crazy experimental film in a way and it's a bit of a road trip movie but i know it's out on tubi and apple tv and various other platforms at the moment people seem to like it it's going well so um but yeah, you of, never know, it. do you? you just got to make it, put it out, and see see what sticks. <laughs> well, that's it. That's just so interesting stuff with it. It's kind of experimental, and it doesn't have to be. If you can make some experimental stuff where you're trying things and pushing boundaries and trying this, and even if it even if it doesn't work, I think it's important to make films that don't necessarily work, but that you're learning things from that you can take to another project. Um, Absolutely. You know that's. Uh, I think that's that's what's important, you know. And and did you so when you did you write did you write something did you did you come up with this structure and says because we know we're going to make it this way, so we just go and we'll fly with it, or did you have an idea? Did you have a script that was solid, or vice you know was a bit of both, or you know? Um, yeah, we were kind of writing it as we went along. As we you had went along, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had kind of like a, a I guess a scriptment. A rough right. idea, and um, and you know things would things would happen, and we think, oh, let's incorporate that into the film. You know that would be a good idea. Um, so you know you'd go just go out into the street and see what's going on, and um, yeah, and sometimes things would work, sometimes it wouldn't. But um, because because we were in the middle of, you know, it wasn't. This isn't a touristy side of Spain. It's it's quite right. gritty and and um, can be a bit scary at times. In in some Sounds of the good. locations we were out. but it was it was we know it so we yeah, kind of yeah. like we're able to navigate our way around it a bit so um yeah so so it was good fun um and and hopefully and i think i think people like the locations side of it um because it's different something different to, to see something different to watch and you 
it's just you don't have to use your brain with Agent Kelly. It's it's just uh, it's yeah. just a bit yeah. of entertainment. Uh, it's not yeah, yeah. Um, it's nothing intellectual going on, so people just relax and yeah. If yeah. I'm watching it, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So what I came across, um, you guys seem to be quite prolific about getting work out there. You know, which is um, if I'm correct, you know, like get 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 another film made, get another film made, mm. which is. Um, I've experienced a lot of filmmakers over the years, um, and I can agree with that. You know, uh, a lot of filmmakers over the years, and they'll spend years on one film. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I, I get that as well because I've done that. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I don't. I think in this new technology, it's a mistake. You know, I think um, the more because nobody's really waiting for your film to spend years on it. If you get two years and you're doing a Bond movie, you've got a budget and you're spending two years to get everything right, whatever, and there's a big marketing campaign. But I think at this level that we're making films, I think being more prolific is, is the way and getting films out there. Spending two years tweaking something that is mm -hmm. so small, um, and that's the kind of way that I believe in filmmaking. I think the only way it works is to get a film, get a story, and, and, and get it out there and get, get moving and build a sort of brand. Is that, what, what is your sort of, do you, is that a conscious thing that you've got to get another film made or is that a subconscious, or is it just the need to create and get moving and keep the train moving or, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's <clears> a bit, <throat> it's a bit of everything really. We just, um, just want to keep making films and, um, uh, it's not a conscious thing. We just kind of right. write something and say, right, okay, well, let's. It is semi a conscious thing, I guess. We say, oh, let's make this film this year and 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 two next year and and you right. know. But obviously, right. you know, best laid plans don't always work. Um, yeah, but yeah. So we'll, we'll. This is like uh, when the pandemic came along. Um, yeah. We we were going to make a bigger film called um, Last Good Deed, but things weren't really working well with that because of the pandemic and all, and we couldn't get that, you know, we needed a bigger, bigger amount of money. In the meantime, we didn't want to sit and wait, as you just yeah, said, yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. well, what can we make now? Let's go and um, I'll make this. So, um, yeah. so that's, that's what we do really. Um, and each film we make, we, we try and do better and better, you know, because we're always learning and we're always um, trying to improve everything, you know, yeah. everything that we do. So, one day we'll make something that's uh, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it's part, I mean, I come back to a thing where um, I've looked at film history over the years and people that, that have careers at the very start and sometimes they explode and they go huge mm. um, and then there's careers that are a slow burn. And I, I've learned over the years that, that one of my favourite filmmakers is um, Orson Welles. Oh, who, yeah. Yeah, I think the people that don't like him, I, I like him. Because a lot of people say, oh, he, he wasted his career. You know, he made a masterpiece and then he went downhill, you know. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I'll, sometimes I see people become so successful, whether it's actors and big stars or big filmmakers, become so successful. But then they become so successful, they go downhill because they do movies that are pure corporate movies just for the money because they've got so many bills to pay and it becomes huge mm -hmm. and then movies become worse and worse and worse. But that's seen as success. But in my way, a lot of times it's seen they've went downhill because they've just went for the money and they've done the yeah. big green screen movies. I'm not naming them names because there's a lot of stars that I love, but they've went down. Mm. I understand it. Um, whereas to me, the, the logical sense is you start off not very good and you start off learning and you make something that's not great. And that one's a little bit better. And that one's a little bit better. And at the end of your life, then you make the Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yeah. That kind of makes sense to me, where it's always seen as the opposite in the film industry. You either start off Tarantino or you start yeah. off as, you know, Fincher. Well, Fincher never started off great in his first movie, Alien 3, no. but he, he picked up pace. Um, he did. <laughs> it's always, to me, it's always, it should be, in this new world, it should be, like, if, I'm, if I can live in the 70s and I've made, at the very start, a lot of shit, you know, <laughs> And then I get to a point, I've made my masterpiece yeah. before I die, you know. Um, mm. And that's why I like this new technology that you can spend years learning cheaply and yes. make a lot of mistakes and, and, and then come up with something that you're proud of at the very end of the journey after hopefully, you know, 70 movies. But most filmmakers will probably be seven fucking movies, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, that's why I would say we use guys are quite, you keep you, you keep making them, you know, which yeah. is very, it's quite unique because a lot of filmmakers don't keep making them. They talk about them for years mm. and they talk about development for years um, instead of just getting out there and actually doing it. I think because a lot of people don't want to be seen as failing. Well, I'm waiting for my masterpiece to come along. I'm waiting for my great budget to come along, you know. Yeah. You well, know. the thing is with us, we really enjoy it. We just love filmmaking. But that's the, and, the most um, important thing, yeah. yeah. But we don't want to not be making a film or, yeah. or at yeah. least being in development or post-production or something. You know, I just want to keep keep ticking along with different projects because we've got so many so many projects that we want to get made. And yeah. um, we yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just enjoy it. And, um, and if it's we like, can, you yeah. know, make our Citizen Kane, then... Um, all the better <laughs> eventually yeah. yeah yeah but that's the, that's the thing so for years i had so many scripts and ideas in my drawer mm. and this was before the technology this was after i made my first film because i had my first film so much i kind of went off the rails but i had so <laughs> many scripts in my drawer and i go i've got a great idea it's an amazing idea but an idea this doesn't mean anything unless you make something do you know what i mean yeah. and I, everybody's got an idea for anything <laughs> but um the fact that today with technology you can actually make that idea if you keep it as long as you're looking to make a big sci-fi movie or something you know that's um, right yeah yeah know, the, te the technology has opened up so many doors for everybody now well, and i know they're saying i know they're saying that now you know that the the market is just there's a glut of films out there that everybody's been making on their phones mm -hmm. or DSLRs or whatever they have, but it doesn't matter, you know. That's it, it, it doesn't matter in the sense that if you does that, this is part of the thing. I think the filmmaking community can be so cliquey and so, mm -hmm. um, as sometimes they behave as if we're in the sports industry. In the sports, we've got a second and a third, a second and a third, a first, a second, and a third, and the creative industry is subjective, so actually. Um, if we build our own personal sort of brands and our own stamp on something, it doesn't matter if there's a, a, a you think every filmmaker that exists, from George Lucas to Tarantino to Woody Allen to uh, Abel Ferreira and Ridley Scott, you all recognise that name so if you mm. can make your own name even in the micro budget sector to yeah. stand, you, you're going to stand out among that crowd I think that's the goal, do you know what I mean really mm. I think that's the goal, what do you you know in terms of, what's your goal in terms of making these films, have you got a sort of name point or do you just keep making them because you love making them, which is a great valid reason, you know? Yeah, well, we we want to um, try and, you know, move up the ladder a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, 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 um, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Uh, we made Casting Kill um, back in October and that's, right. I think, um, at the moment we're, think we're saying, yeah, this is our best film yet. Um, and we're going to make, you know, it's nearly finished and then we're going to put it out and hopefully it'll do some something significant. And then after that, we want to try something, you know, try bigger and yeah, yeah. not necessarily yeah. 
bigger in scale, but um, you know, just 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 um, develop um, and, and and build on what we've learned, and and um, just just keep moving take, up that ladder and see how far we can go. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, obviously we're we're very ambitious. We all, you know, when when we make a film, we um, think. Well, I do. I think right. How far can we take this film? Let's let's give ourselves a challenge and see what we can do with it. And um, well, I can see the films know. that you've made. You can't do that unless you're consumed by it. You just can't. Mm. You know that's and you need that. And a lot of people are not consumed by it. They dabble in it, and then they make a film and they hold on to it for four years and then they moan about it that the industry's this way or that way, and then they'll think about making our films. Where you just, I can tell you, guys just go on with it and do it because you need to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're just. <clears throat> not going to have anybody say we can't do anything um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know there's no such word as can't in yeah. our vocabulary and um you know we'll just um keep going and yeah so talking about casting casting kills so much how do you what is i asked this with a lot of filmmakers because it always interests me how do you cast what is your approach for casting um you know right well it's um generally we put um we have put call outs on like Mandy or wherever, mm -hmm. um, but, but in, term, um, in terms of who you pick, in terms of how you oh, judge, who we pick. yeah, in terms of how you yeah, pick, well, okay, you know. well, so we'll put the call out, and um, normally I ask for very specific things like you need to be have because normally yeah. we haven't got much money, so we need actors who are like for casting kill, for instance, you know, you need it to be have a base in London or have easy access to London, yeah, um, yeah. and are you available on certain dates, and then you'll get like several hundred people send in their applications yeah, yeah. and they haven't even read the brief. Yeah. They're completely yeah, 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 wrong yeah. or they haven't read the brief. Yeah. It's a cut and paste job. Yeah. They send stuff, uh, the, the same paragraph out to everybody. And um, so what we try and look for is people who've a bit more personable because, you know, I, I want to, I want to know that we're going to like these people and that we're going to get on with them exactly. and, as well as them being right for the role. Yeah. Um, so if there's any kind of, you know, early on demands like, oh, oh yes, I'm, I, I'm going to need this amount of money and this amount of these expenses and my agent, you will have to talk to my agent. It's like, no, we can't do that because we haven't got any money. So, uh, yes, we can give you a certain fee and, and, you know, we can negotiate that. But we, we haven't – we try not to go through agents because – yeah. At this level, oops. Because uh, agents always at try this to level, we, the clients for you, you know, you know. Oh, we've had that so many times. Mm. Um, we've had a lot of actors who've turned us down because their agent has said they didn't really want their client working for such a small project. So, <laughs> um, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and because we haven't got much money to move around with you know i think that's the thing we haven't got the time to start be negotiating with agents all the time i think that's the reason i brought it up any actors watching mm -hmm. this it's like if you're going to do a project right um if you're really in demand then you don't go for micro budget projects because we can't afford you do you know what i mean so that's fine you know yeah but i've always thought when some actors have came to me and they go well i can't afford you oh, but i want to be a part of this but the agencies i can't afford you so it's not a question so yeah nice to meet you and so but I've always think that where actors are going for money, and I go, well, you're not going to pay your rent with us. You're not going to feed your family. You're not no. going to. You've got to do it for if you think there's something in that character, or in the, or if you think mm -hmm. this filmmaker in five years is going to be somewhere else and whatever, 
then um, I'm not going to, you know, go on and it's it's a two way street thing here. So I've all, but what you're saying is I've always, for me, the first thing is, can I work with these people? Can I work with this person for a while? You know, yeah. can I go on with them? Is it going to be fun with them? Am I yeah. going to give them a a, a solution? They're going to give me a problem, you know, or. Uh, and that's I'm always interested with other filmmakers how they deal with actors because to me it's always the talent. Of course, you look at a show and you go, yeah, they're talented, but that's mm. to me that is only okay. But there's so many other things that can I get on with this person, you know? Mm. Um, and I've always do you bring have, have you worked with any actors that you've brought back in other films because you got on with them so well, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. quite a few actually. Um, Gavin Golden, who was an actor who. We cast in Cyberlante, right. our first smartphone movie. Um, he was so professional and such a lovely guy and so very, very good. Yeah, um, yeah. We said, right, you, we want you in our next And I surveilled as well. Um, right, yeah. So, but the trouble I is, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't want the same character in our film. So we yeah, said, yeah. can you do an American accent? You know, we need to give you something different. You know, there needs to be yeah, something yeah. different about you between each film. So, so we worked with him twice um, and a, a whole bunch of other actors um, that we've, I mean, there's one actress called Mia Mills. Hi, Mia. She's lovely. She's, we've worked with her on about four projects now. We keep, coming, right. <laughs> keep right. trying to find excuses to, to put her in a role because she's such a professional and she's so, um, she's so good, you know, yeah, and so yeah. easy to work with. And um, so, yeah, there, there are a handful. There are yeah, others. Yeah. Who, Probably wouldn't I, work with again, but that's another story. <laughs> that's, that's another story. Um, yeah, because again, I keep saying it, the, the biggest directors in the world, that's why your John Cassavetes always worked with the same people, or Martin Scorsese works with DiCaprio and De Niro. That's right. Or yeah. there's so many directors that work with a lot of the same people. And 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 I, I don't think I'm saying this for actors that watch this. Um they don't I don't think they understand that that when you come to your film and the more demands you make and the more problems that you create, and look. There, you know, there can be filmmakers that are problem makers as well, but it's just like just oh, yeah. realize the project you're getting on board, mm. and don't be a problem creator. You know, um, and just have fun with it. You know, because it's so it's so frustrating sometimes when you see. I've seen people where they're really talented, but then they work with them. You realize after a while, I won't be working with them again. Do you know mm. what I mean? And yeah. it's that simple, you know. But um, what I was going to ask you, um, I was interested in. Uh, if, You've made a, f a couple of, is it two or three mobile films? Two. You've shot mo two. You've shot <laughs> mobiles. I'm yeah. interested in that because that's something that I'm more interested in to do really personal projects that I don't care if anybody sees them in a way that I just fund in my pocket. I've shot a short on a mobile. Um, mm -hmm. How did you find that experience shooting on mobiles? You know, it was. Um... I know James was, is a director, but you you're the producer, yeah. so you've, you're, you know. Well, to be honest, it's just <clears> like filming on other any other camera format from the production side and the screenwriting side. Speed wise um, and stuff, but speed wise, you, you can yeah. it it's it's a lot quicker. You know, yeah. you haven't got all the big camera setups and lens changes and everything. You can get into little tight spaces easier. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can film out in the street um, and not really get in much attention yeah so you can be a bit more discreet um so yeah i i really enjoyed i really enjoyed working on on with mobile phones and um although you know our other casting kill was shot on um another another camera and yeah we'll probably will make another film on a phone again in the future 
it's just getting yeah. the right project for it um and when we're ready but um it was i would definitely recommend it giving it a go because the technology I, is incredible oh yeah yeah i mean i remember mm. a, a couple of years it was it two or three years ago before the lockdown i, I had the, the iphone and i bought a a, a beast grip cage and mm -hmm. i bought um, a, a DF as a DFO adapter, a depth of field adapter. Where <laughs> it was slightly over engineered, you know. So yeah. I put the adapter on the iPhone so that I could put a fifty mil Canon lens on it, so <laughs> I could get the, the depth of field. And I shot a short film on that. Um, well, in fact, it wasn't a short film. It was a few scenes for actors, you know. Mm -hmm. But oh god, it was a nightmare because I had to. I don't like putting cameras on sticks. Really, I'm very much handheld. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, we I had like to that. keep. Yeah, I had to keep the camera on sticks the whole time because the, the obviously the sensor of the iPhone was so small and the slightest bit of movement is as if it was on a, a wash mate, it was just shaking. Yeah. It's like and it was like, so, yeah. oh, it was, it was just to get that depth of field, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I know that the, the 13 Pro has came in with its depth of field function with it, all that, you know. But um, I've always been interested in shooting the iPhones be because I shot some scenes in my, my crane thing. I shot some sections of it on the iphone and the blood at the background and it looked really good you know so i've always been interested that if i shoot something that's really personal or small like a short film and the speedy it was so mm. exciting you know just the, the actual the logistics of just shooting and low it and then just the speed so that was something i was you know like i think that's i think it's a way forward for the, the for the right sort of project do you know what i mean you know definitely oh, yeah yep. yeah <laughs> yeah well um so that's why I was interested because you, you guys have shot a couple of films on and mobiles, you know, mm. um, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we so, um, we yeah. Sorry, carry on. So on you go, on you go. No, I was going to say about surveilled. We um we got that selected for the International Mobile Phone Fil Film Festival in San Diego, and you that did was recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was surveilled was shot on a a smartphone, and um, it was interesting. We went we went across. And um, went over there, and, and and it was interesting watching a lot of the films um, that that were screened there um, to see what other people are doing on iPhones and smartphones. Yeah. And um, it was just uh, the short films, especially, I think, were really, really good. Some yeah. beautiful, beautiful films there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a growing thing. That that takes me to film festivals. How? Um... What do you, what's your feeling about what's your feeling and James's feeling about film festivals? Um, because there's a lot of filmmakers like them, there's a lot of don't like them. They're expensive yeah. to go to. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, is it cost effective? Is it cost effective for you? It's. I mean, <clears throat> film film festivals are. Um, yeah, it's. You've got some good ones, and then you've got some that are pretty much they're just money-making scams yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. got to have your wits about you with those we don't enter many film festivals because it's too expensive you know you, yeah. you see people who have entered all the all these film festivals got like their posters are like of like i know plotted with laurels and i'm thinking where, where did you guys get the money to do all this i know i know i know um i mean for instance we we entered two two film festivals with agent kelly Right. And we got accepted by both of them, so we got 100% of those. <laughs> but yeah, but that was apart from the South End Film Festival, which um, which we was accepted into. Um, and it's always a good gas going down there, and you meet a lot of lot of people and, and a lot of um, familiar faces, and it's always a good laugh. Um, you know, the other other ones really are just marketing 
it's just for marketing yeah, purposes yeah. you know just to get the film out there get get eyes on it and say that, that you know we've achieved this with with this film go take a look um but we haven't yeah we haven't really been um i haven't really entered too many because yeah. it's just it is there's so it many is I mean, there's, mm. when, I, when i first started there was only Oh, in my first film, I think there was, I don't know if it was as low as 50 or 100, but then suddenly years later, like there's thousands of film festivals, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. I've had I've had people in film festivals send me emails and saying that if you submit to the festival, you're highly likely to get an award of some sort. And I went, oh, Jesus. Really? Oh, yeah. right. Okay. I haven't I had that yet. Five, <laughs> five times. And then the fee is a certain fee. And then mm. I just set up for a business you know yeah. um to make money and which is it just it's like, and, and i don't even entertain them in any shape or form but no. there's so many and it's trying to navigate i mean p me personally i'm I'm not a film festival guy and my first movie the sales agent gave me a list of 40 film festivals that they were going to pay for and they're going to pay accommodation and i didn't go to any of them you know oh. and which which i think back now is insane because even just for a holiday yeah <laughs> well that's how i see it, it if it's in an interesting place, I'd go. <laughs> yeah, but I was so depressed with my movie that I hated it so oh, much. I thought, if I come back from those film festivals, I'll be dead because I'll be pickled because I'll be yeah. going on there kidding on I love the movie and I'll need whiskey in me and I, I will be <laughs> half dead by the time I come back. So that's probably not the road that I should go, you know. No, um, no. But, um, yeah, I've always been curious. A lot of people call film, film, but it's so bloody expensive and it's so, what's the right ones to pick? Is it going to give you any value to your film? Is it going to give you any marketing? Yeah. You know, that's the reason, well, you, know, you know. I'm always keen um, to enter film festivals. When I do enter film festivals, I want I want them to be have live screening. Yeah, um, yeah. That's for me personally, that's what I look for. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and some, I did enter a film festival that I understood was going to be a live screening, but it turned out it wasn't. Right, so that right. was a bit of a, right. I was a bit annoyed about that, but um, yeah. we got accepted it, into it, but we wanted, right. oh, you know, the live screening is, is, is kind of important as far as we're concerned yeah, yeah. from a promotional marketing point of view. Yeah. I think in the UK it's not as bad because in the UK you can obviously just travel, get in a car, a train, whatever, Yeah, you know, um, and years ago they used to say, oh, go to film festivals, you meet other filmmakers. But then I used to meet other filmmakers and they would they would moan about how they couldn't get any budgets. And it's like, I don't want you to go to a pity party, you know. No, it's like, no. you know. Yeah. Um, so because we connect so much online these days, you know, so you can connect with other filmmakers like this, you know, and talk mm -hmm. and communicate. So um so in terms of um how do you see have you got a I was saying this to Andrew the other day, do you know Andrew um yeah. Elias? Of you know, course, you know, the yeah. legend. Yeah. <laughs> um um, I was saying to Andrew, and we were, you know, putting your films on Amazon, etc. We all know that we don't make much money there. Um, no. And making a film, it's, it's, I've said it before, it's a very, very, and it is a business. No matter what anybody says, it's still a business. You know, it's got a barcode on it where you buy a DVD or where you buy. Mm -hmm. But making a film, in any other business, when you open a shop, you start trading, you start making money. But in the film business, you really don't make any money, a significant money back. And this is what I'm trying to share in the way forward, that how filmmakers and how creatives that we can build a creative business that we can eventually make money back and self-sustain ourselves, you know. We can't really do that in Amazon. How do you see the future with yourself moving forward to get to the point that you can 
make money that you can maybe self-sustain or whatever what, what, what way do you see forward in terms of you know um well we certainly like to um, aim towards that yeah. self-sustainment um yeah yeah definitely um at the moment we've been putting our films up uh, with film hub right and um and so films have been selected for um apple amazon Tubi, and all sorts of other platforms i've never heard of as you as you know as you say amazon yeah, what, yeah. They pay, what they pay is insulting yeah, it's too. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, the other player, Tubi's the better play payer. Uh, Apple, right. I'm not sure about yet, but it, that's we're kind of experimenting at the moment yeah, to yeah, see how yeah. that that works. Yeah, yeah. In future, with Cast and Kill, for instance, we're going to just play it by ear in terms. Of we have a look around, see if there are any sales agents out there that are legit that we can trust that maybe can. Well, and ask them, you know, what can you do that we can't do ourselves with Film Hub, and um, and, and just put our feelers out and see see what the um, we'll see what the consensus is there. But um, do you put the films no, on the platforms yourself, or is it a sales or an aggregator? Or yeah, no, Film Hub is um, so they're, they're over in the states, and they they're not an aggregator, but they're kind right. of a kind of a distributor, I suppose. Right. But you just upload your film. Um, so you still, sure. on, you still hold on. You still hold on. You still hold on to your IP. You know, oh yeah, like it's non-exclusive. Yeah, it's right. non-exclusive. Yeah. You you, yeah. you give them a film. Um, you put them on their platform, and then they they offer it out to all the platforms. And then if a platform likes it, they'll pick it up. Yeah. And then they'll put it on their platform, and then you can then you can um, get revenue back through yeah. via film hub who who take a small very small percentage and that's it really so yeah, they're, they're yeah. the best of a bad bunch um yeah yeah they're very good um, yeah yeah so so you don't have to do it it's a bit like film freeway you know you don't have to individually put your film up on different platforms yeah because it was all done by film hub or have you tried them um, vimeo on demand have you put on there or it, it was on Vimeo through Cyberlante was on Vimeo through Film Hub, but right, that, that okay. was taken off in the end because they've stopped working with Vimeo because it was just too they weren't right. too complex or. But we yeah, personally yeah. haven't used Vimeo in demand. Not not big fans of Vimeo to be honest because it's you, you get just a bit clunky. The, yeah, you get you get most of the percentage there, but at the same time, it's all back down to you've got to build a, a, an audience. Mm. And, you know, uh, you could get. You know, you get ninety percent there, but you've still got to build an audience before that. That's yeah. going to translate to anything. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's that's not. It's, right. it's still not get as big as eyeballs as Amazon are. You know, even though we don't get much money from there. No, it's like, <laughs> no, no. About money. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, Why is it we keep laughing? It was actually we keep laughing. That was the funniest point. We keep laughing. When we talk about. No, Amazon, it's just know. because it's stupid, isn't it? You put it up on Amazon, you think, "Why are we putting it up on Amazon?" <laughs> We're not going to get anything back. To, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, there was one day that I came home and it was like I got a big phone bill and it was like one of those phone bills, um, the, the broadband, and it's like, oh, I forgot, you know, um, I forgot about broadband this month. I didn't forget, but I was like juggling yeah. my bills. And then the exact amount that I got, it came in from Vimeo, um, from Amazon, was the phone bill. And I went, oh, at least it's paid the phone bill, <laughs> you know. It's better than a slap around the face with a wet mat. Exactly. Call, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so in terms of um, have you ever um, 
have you got an um, have you got any plans to approach the in quotes the industry as such to get budgets? And if you do have plans, what is your approach towards that? You know, in terms of is that well, going to, get to a like a budget? Grown up budget. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't mean anything either because you can have a proper grown up budget and make a movie. Yeah. That, that can be terrible. That Hollywood, as we know, has got terrible yeah. movies with, with grown-up budgets. You know, but in terms of, have you ever, have you have you got plans for that, or uh, you know? I keep looking into it, and yeah. I keep thinking. Now I'll go back to crowdfunding. <laughs> it's it's it, what I need to do. You know, to to for, for me personally to move into into that realm, which I, I would like to explore definitely. Yeah, yeah, but I need to yeah. work with another producer who's. More yeah. financially aware. I'm more of a creative producer, and although that, I, I do a bit of line line producing and creative producing like yourself, I, yeah. I produce more things creatively. When it comes to funding and stuff, and that's yeah. not my thing, you know. Yeah, you know, because you know that. you bring in the investors, and then you've got to bring in yeah. the accountants, and then you've got to, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. there's so much to know and to learn, and um, it's a different job. It, you know, you should know where your is. skills are, your, your strengths, and stick with your strengths, and you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, um, so so I definitely want to would like to work with somebody in partnership <laughs> with some yeah. so to help out. So yeah. um yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's, it's on the cards eventually. Yeah. yeah. I've got to ask this um about um have you uh, have you and James explored um because I uh, people are probably sick of my posts about NFTs and the blockchain. Have you explored any of that oh. earlier? You know. <laughs> it's like I'm afraid oh, right. I'm I'm such a luddite. I I right, know nothing right. about it. We went right. to um, a little presentation in Cannes one year, uh, where this guy was talking about um, Bitcoin and blockchain, and 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 he was talking in great detail about how it all works. And mm. I still don't get it. So right. um, I, it's going to take a lot of learning for me to. Um, I think that's totally the problem. James it's, understands it better than I do, but I, just think. I think that's the problem with it. But I, I do think. It's almost like I do think it's a way forward for filmmakers and creatives. Um, it has been gone crazy in the last couple of eighteen months, where people have made insane, mm. s insane amounts of money. It's like the gold rush, but it is like the early days of the internet, where people were putting money in the internet and it was too early, mm. and people lost a lot of money. It's got to that stage and it's burning down, but it's coming alive. It's going to come alive again. But the way yeah. that I see it forward with the blockchain is. That anything that, that actually, if somebody supports you, right, and they buy into your company or your film, they actually get a little piece of it. It's almost like a share. And yeah. as you grow in value, then the NFT grows in value and they can sell on and sell on. It's very transparent on the, the, the platforms like OpenSea, where you can mm -hmm. see people buying and selling. Um, and actually, people can make money from you. So that's a big incentive for fans. And also, every single NFT that you sell, Say if you sell an NFT for £100, then um, when that person sells it on to someone else, you get 10% or when you can set the royalties, you get a royalty every single time it's sold on. So you get 10%. The average is 10%. So you can get passive income. There's so many ways to... to um, and the blockchain, the way, the way the blockchain basically is, it will verify if you get investors in a, a production or a company it verifies that they're investors through the blockchain without having to go through lawyers and everything else. Uh -huh. um, so you can build an investment portfolio that way through the future. So that's um, 
it's the way that I see forward with bands and and it's already forward with artists. Um, it's the way I see yeah. forward, so that's why I'm kind of talking about it. I can see yeah. I can see the future in it. The way that the internet it's a different world from the internet because the internet is Web two point the blockchain is Web three. You know, it's went to a different. It's going to a different level, but it's it's something that I think filmmakers should explore and learn. You know, even if it's not for them, but I think it's. Everything is to do with buying concert ticket tickets, to invest in projects, to buying property is going to be on the blockchain in the next few years. So um, it's a way forward that I think filmmakers should at least explore yeah. and educate themselves. Where you know, I'm just using this opportunity to always plug it. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, and, think, and you and you, you know, you're looking into this yourself, are you? Yeah, your, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's, there's, I saw a lot of film. There's not so many film. Julie Pacino. Um, is the main one it's film uh, that's funded through nfts um, i've been following her for years al pacino's daughter she's a photographer yeah. filmmaker and she funded as far as i know the first nft film um but i've been exploring it for a while and it makes sense to me the way because i remember when i first seen the internet people were telling me people are not going to watch films on their phones or laptops or <laughs> this. and every every single time that they said that is went the way that's went yeah and that that was a big stretch to believe that <laughs> To believe that the blockchain, where you can actually invest in things direct and you make money, is not a big stretch. But that was a bigger stretch. So I see the way it's going forward. But it's just it's hard to for it's hard to pitch it in thirty seconds like a movie. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a way that filmmakers should just spend fifty hours going to YouTube, going to articles, and learn everything, and then go. Oh shit! I get it. I get where it's gone. You know, because I had that. My friend that uh, and Stevie that's worked on my Kremod series as an actor for years. He kept on telling me every year for the last two years. You know, look at NFTs. You look at blockchain. It was like I don't what monkeys, pictures of animals and shit. What, what do you? I mean, that what that you know. Um, but then when I, I I just I think it was when I was sick during the, um, I, I caught COVID or Christmas and I was in bed for a week couldn't get out so I I, I just spent a week on the the iPad looking at it and I went oh shit I get it I get it I get yeah. it I get it one of those moments you know yeah but it's know. but it's a it's a long term thing it's not an overnight thing it's over the next five years you know but you know how fast time goes you know so I think it's yeah and I know like, how fast oh. things develop and progress yeah. as well so but i do yeah. think it's a way forward because put it this way you've done crowdfunding you guys have done crowdfunding i've done it we know what a, <laughs> we know what a grind it is you know yeah um and <laughs> when you're doing crowdfunding you give mugs and t-shirts and credits and stuff right one thing with crowdfunding is there's a lot of good sides to it, there's a lot of bad sides to it when you do a crowdfunding campaign you get a lot of people that if you're doing a horror movie or a thriller, you get you get people that just follow you, whatever you do, right? Yeah. But you get some people that maybe, like I've done a horror movie in the States and I've got a lot of horror fans following me and it's like, when's the next horror film coming up? I don't want to do another horror film at the moment, <laughs> right? But on the blockchain, when people are investing in you, they don't give a shit if you do a horror movie, a thriller, whatever, because it's almost like they're putting their money into Coca-Cola that they don't necessarily drink. You know, they just want to make some money in the future. So they don't they don't care if you do a switch from horror, thriller, drama, whatever. They're investing in you or your your company. Um so you've got a lot more creative freedom there to actually go this way and go that way as well, you know. Um that you're actually gathering people that believe in what you're doing, but they don't need to buy into a certain genre, you know, which is you, you in crowdfund and and again in crowdfunding, um they're getting perks and stuff, which is great. But in, 
the blockchain and NFTs, they're getting a long-term investment and buying into mm -hmm. something. So they maybe buy for a hundred pounds, maybe in five years' time they can sell it for five thousand, you know. So it's something to look into. I always say I'm a filmmaker, you know, it's like I don't try to, you know, it's like I've I've just I spent so much time dissing it. That then I spent, it's like, oh shit, I see it. So you, it's that way you get through, you want to communicate it to other people that just do a little bit of research on it and look into it, you know. But it is, it's a hard, it's not something you can pitch in 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not an you elevator know. pitch. No, it's not an elevator pitch like you do that, you have to do in Hollywood. I've got this idea for this today. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, just the last thing, Caroline, in terms of, I've always asked this when, because um, um, you know, in terms of being a female in the, the business, um, where it's to do with acting or filmmaking, I read an article with you where you says you've not had that much experience. Like it can be difficult for, uh, you know, females in the, the film industry and acting in terms of getting parts. But I think because you probably wrote your own parts, there's mm. no. Is, is, have you went through that road where you've experienced any? Um, you know, because you're a female, that you've not got this part of that part, or you've been treated in a different way, producing wise, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm not really um, an actress. I just um, I did Agent Kelly because I was cheap and willing to run around, <laughs> willing to run around a mosquito infested nature reserve. So I haven't. I've never. I haven't right, applied right. for any acting yeah. jobs. Um, in yeah, terms yeah. of being a producer. Um, I haven't um, knowingly come up with any yeah, kind yeah. of uh, prejudice or misogyny or anything. I yeah, yeah, said that, yeah. it, it, it might have been the case, but I just, I don't know if it was yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. so it's a bit difficult for me to answer think, or to know I myself. Because... I'd love to know. I mean, I keep, sometimes I think, well, maybe I should change write no, screenplays no. under a different name or something maybe that <laughs> well no you don't you don't look for it either do you know what i mean i think no, it's probably because no. you're controlling well put it this way you're controlling your own things you're creating your own yeah. destiny you're doing mm. your own thing so it's a different thing isn't it you know um because it's over the years i've had actresses saying you know uh you know um i haven't got this part of this part but i think it's getting better as well for female roles i just watched ozark yeah. have you watched ozark oh we we've got to watch the last the last Oh, chunk the of this series the, I mean, um we're big yeah major fans right. of those yeah. it's a great it's a great series you know you know it is yeah but um but look i don't want to, i don't want to hold you much longer you know it's been great chatting to you um is there anything you. You, is there anything that you want to bring up that maybe anybody's listening about your projects that you want to see or give a plug um, to us you know no because you know, you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people want to watch this episode. They've been retweeting everywhere on my Twitter. They're looking forward to seeing it. You know, excellent. Oh, that's you really know. cool. Well, I hope I don't. And that's one, one more question. <laughs> that's one more question I was asking you. It seems to be quite a bit of the horror community that seems to be following you guys. And you've, yeah, you know, is it's that a bit a plan? like you, like yeah. what you said. You know, but you you did a horror movie and then you got all these horror people um, jumping up yeah, and down. I mean, yeah. we, we've made a couple of horror films. Um, right, right. So um, Surveilled is, was originally supposed to be a horror film and Casting Kill is a horror film, but we don't really right. do the slasher. Slasher stuff. Hideous yeah. I mean, Surveilled ended up being less horror, more mystery thriller. Right, right. And Casting Hill is definitely a bit more horror, but along the Hitchcockian lines. Right. And... Um, Yes, we've got a lot of horror people following us, and um, 
I don't know why. <laughs> the, um, do you know why? The horror just, community just always through, goes. through, yeah. just, you know, just, I don't know, just, just hooking up with people on Twitter and getting yeah, to yeah. know other people and getting into that community. And it's a, they're such an enthusiastic bunch. Just, yeah, you, took just, the, you took the words out of my mouth because uh, the horror community are such fans. Uh, yeah. They're so enthusiastic about, you know, it's like when I made a film with Screen, it was a horror movie, and I got horror fans following me, and they were so enthusiastic about, you know, trying mm. to make a film and, and do a horror film. And even if it was a bad horror film, a good film, whatever, they're just like, well, you're giving it a go, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah um, they just love it. I mean, it's... Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a great genre. I mean, we, as I say, we don't do the slasher blood and guts stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We leave that to the clever people who can do it. We, we yeah, do the yeah. more... <laughs> Yeah. The tamer stuff. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. No, we we've got an, we've got another horror that we want to make called The Thinker. So that'll right. be our next horror film, right. and that's okay. more psychological horror, and that's set in Spain. So right. um, can't wait to get going on that one. But no, that's um, just that's all. I've, you know, we we've got so many different projects jumping around at the minute. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Keep it moving. Keep the train moving. Yeah. So, have you before we go? Have you got any any uh, crowdfunding campaigns at the moment? You want to give a plug, or you know? No, not at the moment. We did the last right. one for our last one was for Best Geezer, which is a comedy right. that we're going to be yeah. shooting down in Essex. Um, right. And again, I think talking about the horror a lot. They, um, I think, I think because it wasn't, you know, we didn't actually meet our goal on this one, but I think right. I think it's because it wasn't horror. If we had yeah. thrown in a couple of zombies yeah. and vampires, we might have got more money. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's that was the last campaign we've done. I'm sure there'll right. be others, but um, at the moment we're we're not doing anything. Right. Okay. So, um, what is your sites for people to go? I'll put your links on the videos and on the, the audio part. What is your, what is your main site that you want people to go to? You know, in terms um, of well, you've got web, so your website, yeah. Yeah, rarefilms.com is um, the main, our main right. company site. And right. okay. um, is it me or have I gone orange in this video? <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah. I can't really, well, we're quite small yeah. anyway, so, you know. Gosh, um, I look like I've got bright red face. I'll do a little, um, I'll do a little I think the there. light's changed outside, actually, that's why. All right, I'll do a little post work <laughs> on it then. <laughs> yeah, do some touching up. <laughs> I, look like, I look like I've just walked out of a... Like a horror movie. Um, <laughs> what were we saying? Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, just... rarefilms.com rare and then right. just right. Okay. jump in on Twitter, you know, see Spence yeah, Producer yeah. and Rare Films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll put all your links on the, the, the videos anyway. Yeah. And uh, tell James, I, was, I know he's been in for uh, in the hospital for, you know, he's an operation and stuff. So tell yeah. him I was asking for him if he's listening to this video. Hi, James, you know. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he's got a bionic to... hip now. Is he? He's... Right. Yeah. Right, so he can run and gun fast on there. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He can do Agent Kelly too, you know. Mm -hmm. And he'll be able to keep <laughs> you know. up with me this time. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but um, maybe good to, to if James interested in the weeks ahead, maybe get him on and have a chat. Yes. You know, if he's interested. I'm sure, you he know. will. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. um, Caroline, great to talk to you, and thanks very much. And uh, thanks very much for everybody who watched the podcast. Um, this will be going out tonight. Well, it's, you'll be watching it when it's out. So, um, and thanks a lot. It's been great to chat with you. You know, and I wish you well with your projects. You know. Well, thank you for in the invite. Really, thanks, really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks yes. a lot. You know, thanks a lot. <laughs>